0: This is the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard. Walking you through all the steps you need to train the perfect puppy for your lifestyle. Someone asked me the other day what methods are used in puppy university. Now I get it, it can be very challenging finding the right trainer for you and your puppy. Some trainers are too heavy-handed, some aren't sure how to actually deal with the energy of a puppy, and others say that structure is very cruel. Finding a trainer that works for you and your puppy is extremely important. When you like the trainer, you actually start to enjoy the journey. So in order to ensure Puppy University is the right online platform for you and your puppy, I'll give you a rundown of how we teach our young and older puppies in Puppy University. Now before we dive into what methods I use, I want to explain each quadrant and get the terminology out of the way. That way you can actually keep up with what I'm saying later in the episode. First one is positive reinforcement, which is the most popular quadrant that we use, and pretty much every single trainer uses this, which is adding something to increase likelihood of behaviour. For example, we may give our puppy some food when the puppy sits. So then the puppy will sit again to get the food and the reward. You then have negative punishment, removing something to decrease likelihood of behaviour. For example, I will remove my hand if my puppy bites me too hard. You've got positive punishment, adding something to decrease likelihood of behaviour. For example, adding lead pressure or a correction to decrease lunging or reactivity. The other example which I like to use because every single person uses it is adding a lead to stop the dog running away. Negative reinforcement, removing something to increase likelihood of behavior, for example removing pressure once the dog stops pulling. Now I understand the majority of new owners get nervous of the scientific terminology when describing certain methods and that's okay. I did too and yeah, each terminology is very daunting. But the terms used are not linked to the emotions applied. Positive does not mean happy. It simply means to add something. Negative doesn't mean sad. It simply just means to remove something. Reinforcement means to increase likelihood and punishment means to decrease likelihood. Without knowing, we use every single quadrant in our day-to-day lives. Removing a hand to decrease likelihood of your puppy biting is does not mean abuse, fear, or scary methods. It just means you've removed your hands so the puppy will stop biting you so hard. So now we've got the terminology out of the way. What methods do I actually use? Well, in all honesty, I hate labels. But the best label I've discovered that best fits with me is I'm a positive-based, balanced trainer. The reason why I didn't like labels in the beginning is because my methods adapt depending on my client. However I have come to the conclusion that this label is probably the best one to describe how I teach dogs. The other term that would work would be relationship-based balance trainer and you might be wondering what does that actually mean? Well with young puppies under six months year old I will use 98% um positive reinforcement where i can help it the other quadrant used often is negative punishment for example i will remove my hands if my puppy's biting me too hard just because who wants scratch marks (laughs) and again it again depends on the um client or the dog because i won't necessarily do that with diggy naturally though because of real life distractions pressure will be applied mainly because the puppy will pull and that is totally okay and normal. But with our young puppies, our main goal is environmental exposure, engagement and confidence building, which positive reinforcement is the best quadrant to use to achieve this. I really don't want to eliminate any behaviours a young puppy is showing at a young age because I just want to boost them up. But then as the puppy gets older and with six month or older puppies where we now need to stop them say pulling on the lead if the owner doesn't like that. If needed I will teach lead pressure which means applying pressure or a correction when they hit the end of the lead. This just means that they no longer find it the best thing ever flinging themselves at the end of the lead and lunging at every person or dog they see. Now, on a case-by-case basis, I may correct for fixating on a dog depending on the individual dog's intentions, but this is very, very, very dependent on the individual dog. And Now, what will I be teaching you in Puppy University? Well... I will primarily use no corrections throughout property university, mainly because a correction is very, very dependent on the individual case. However, I will be talking about corrections and teaching them in a way that allows you to adapt per case by case. However, I think it's important for owners to understand what a correction is and the intent of it, so I will be covering it and I will be covering it in a way for you to understand and, like I said, adapt. Now, I want to give you some examples of when i have personally used or even not used a correction so i had a car lion in recently the dog would drag their own around lunge like mad fling and twist themselves whenever they see a dog in particular she's been working so so hard and she's used primarily positive reinforcement but just didn't know how to tackle this one little thing his lead walking was awful and he would, like I said, lunge and fling himself around whenever he'd see a dog. We didn't actually correct the dog though for lunging at other dogs. He didn't need it at all. All we taught him was don't hit the end of the lead and because he had such a solid hill due to positive reinforcement, he figured out that was the only behaviour he needed to focus on. In one hour, he passed about 20 dogs without even looking at them, and his reactivity has been about 98% resolved after our one-hour session. I also had another client who was extremely stressed because their dog wouldn't stop barking. She couldn't work, and they were scared they'd need to rehome him because of other people in the houses complaining. Rewarding silence didn't help because he quickly changed barking with five-second silence, so the best way to stop him excessively barking was to correct it. We corrected him once upstairs and once when the doorbell went off and he went from barking every hour for five minutes at a time to barking once a week if that. This again all happened in less than an hour. Now when will I not correct? So, when I first started training Tiggy, due to her puppyhood and the mistakes I made she was extremely unconfident. She was also reactive so she'd lunge you to overexcitement, and she'd fixate and avoid when she was nervous using any kind of pressure or corrections in this case didn't help as she linked the corrections to when she'd look at dogs which created a lot of conflict and nerve for her and a lot of confusion so corrections until her confidence was higher was just off the tables this lasted for almost a year and i still rarely correct her now because it really just doesn't work for her a correction should be there to give clarity And to communicate with the dog, if it's creating conflict, then it shouldn't be done. And this is why it's so important to look at your dog as an individual dog instead of comparing to other dogs. You may relate to others, like your dog might be as nervous as Tiggy was. But remember, even though Tiggy was nervous and still very sensitive now, your sensitive dog might work better with a correction because it eliminates conflict because they're dragging and they just need know to not do that and this is why it's so important to learn to adapt styles and methods so it works for you and your dog and why in-person help is so important and and helpful that's why i'm creating a 12-week virtual program and a 16-week in-person program that will open once your puppy university is launched for now exciting things are happening so get yourself onto puppy university waiting list link will be in the show notes and learn a variety of ways to teach things, and learn to have loads and tons and tons of fun with your puppy. Now, a quick thing before you go off and start testing if a correction works for um, you and your dog. One, young puppies I really wouldn't correct. Again, like I said, it's all about confidence building. That is our main goal, and a correction, if you don't know what you're doing, can not help basically plus if your puppy is sensitive then it's just not worth it and even if your puppy isn't sensitive and very confident what's the point it's down to us to manage their behavior and not put them in situations they need to be corrected in now the other thing is it's very very important that your puppy knows an alternative behavior that's why we use just positive reinforcement in the beginning we're teaching our puppies what we want from them so when the bad behaviors and they start testing things for example we need to teach them how to approach or react when they see other dogs i.e don't react be calm ignore them be neutral if then at eight months old they go actually they're suddenly the best thing ever your puppy should already know to be relatively neutral now again this is why it's a case by case because sometimes in order to get the behavior we want to reward we need to eliminate the negative behavior for example um we had to stop the dog barking by correcting therefore the dog stopped that and had room to do the behaviors that we wanted and therefore we could reward way more it took one correction to give that dog clarity and then he, we can boost his confidence back up and it didn't affect him. However, if the corrections aren't doing anything, aren't giving that clarity, then you need to go back and teach the dog what you want. So then once you've corrected it, they go, oh, okay, so I do that. I do what I was rewarded for and don't do what I just got corrected for. And that's why corrections is very much a a method that needs to adapt per case by case now it's not to say that it's a bad thing it's not but why are you correcting and you need to start understanding if your dog is understanding it (laughs) because otherwise you could correct at a wrong time and your dog thinks it's come from a tree like in all honesty we don't understand the dog's brain of how they're working even when we're rewarding things are you rewarding for The position they're in for looking at that certain thing, for smelling something, has the consistent smell of a dog gone past every time you've clicked. It's all these things that we will never truly understand, and that's why it's really important to work with an in-person trainer. That's why I'm creating this um, 16-week in-person program, which I'm very, very excited for. (laughs) But, like I said, before we start Teaching our dogs what we don't want, it's so, so important that we teach them what we do want. For example, my client, who was able to walk past 20 dogs, had a solid heel. It was just around distractions that he really struggled with. And he just completely was like, I don't know what to do in this, so I'm just going to lunge. I'm excited. As soon as we told him don't, he just pinged back to heel. He went, well, that's the only behavior that I really know what to do and we were firing rewards at him because he just got it and because he knew it so well we didn't have to use loads of rewards because he had such a high reward history anyway and this is why it's really important to understand our dogs and how their brain works and that's why module two of puppy university will all be about understanding our puppies how do their brains work from what we can at least try and understand from the research that has been done so far. So I'm really, really looking forward to be teaching you all this. I really hope that you'll be able to join me throughout the Puppy University journey. Well, as always, I can't wait to see you there. Have a lovely, lovely day, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye. You've been listening to The Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard. For more tips and advice, follow Think Dog Academy on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.